Hello everyone, hopefully you're having a good day today. Um, today in Denver, this is where the podcast is based out of, where I'm based out of, Denver, Colorado. Today in Denver, it was like pouring rain today, which actually made me pretty happy because the last couple of days have been like 32 degrees Celsius, like 90 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know if that really translates, but it's been hot and the rain has really cooled things off. So I'm in a good mood today. And I'm also in a good mood because of today's guest. This week's podcast episode features Sebastian Paz. Pause. Paz. Either way, he's a lesser known TikTok creator. Um, I'm obsessed with TikTok creators right now, as you can see. He's a lesser known TikTok creator who has this immaculate vibe and energy to himself. He um, is an incredibly positive dude. He's kind of an enigma. That's what I call him in the intro of this episode. And it's going to be really fun picking his brain. He's dabbled in science fiction. He's a creative at heart. He's a true creative type of individual. He's a creator. He loves to create things. Um, and if you know him from TikTok, then you already know a bit about him. If you don't know him, trust me, he's a very, very cool guy. There's a lot of nuggets of wisdom and information and truth and all the things that you know, you're accustomed to with listening to this podcast, hopefully. If you're new here, if I didn't introduce myself, my name is Drew Joyner. Um, it's good to meet you. If you're a returning listener and haven't given this podcast a five-star review, please feel free to do so. Spotify or Apple, I believe, are the two places you can leave a review. So do that for your boy. And uh, without further ado, let's get into this um, episode. And that's amazing. Guys, I, amazingly, I shot this intro I don't know. Sorry. Hold on. Amazingly, I did this intro without any reshoots or retakes. This is like the first take and I'm getting it right the first time. Okay. You guys don't care. Okay. Let's get to the episode. Sebastian, let me talk to you. Actually, what am I saying? See, now I'm messing up. Now I'm messing up. Let's just get to the episode. (laughs) There are few people I consider to be an enigma in the fashion content creation space. And today's guest, Sebastian Paz, is one of them. I've been following along with your video, Sebastian, on TikTok for a few months now, and I love your positive, open-minded position as it relates to like, how you interact with the fashion community. I'm also incredibly curious about who you are as an as a, as individual, as a man, and um, I'm really excited for this episode. So how are you, how are you doing today, man? Welcome to the podcast. Me too, <laughs> Thank you. That was a quite an intro, an enigma. Yeah. Wow. You're the, you're the <laughs> enigma and I'm going to, I'm the enigma code. <laughs> awesome, man. No, I'm, I'm honored. Cause I've actually been following you since like I first got TikTok. So really? like, uh, over a year before I actually started making content. So yeah, man, I'm really honored to be on here. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate you following along and I appreciate it's a full circle moment. It's like, it really is the ability to if you were following me, that's, that's really cool. I didn't know. I did not know that. Um, yeah. man, cause you've been doing it for a while and I've, I've loved to see the growth and everything. It's like, I like, I can tell that you're just like, really like you have, a, you're the man with the plan, you know, <laughs> like I've seen, I've watched you like execute and like, yeah. you know, take it to a new level and it's great. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm always trying to reach new heights, especially, um, in this economy, you always got to reach new heights. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, man. Um, but Sebastian, man, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Um, um, let's start with kind of your backstory, though. I'm, I'm curious about sure. you. I kind of alluded to the fact that your your energy is something that really is also something that I gravitate towards on TikTok, which is funny enough that you gravitated towards mine. But let's let's go before then. You know what I mean? Kind of talk to me sure. about you, your background and what it was like for you growing up as a kid. Yeah, man. Just uh, 
I would say really like kind of shy brainy kid, you know, growing up and uh, like bookworm type and just kind of found it really hard to relate socially. I would say Um, that was always a challenge for me. It was like, I I feel like, you know, I was uh, always in the like gifted program in school and stuff, but at the same time I was getting bad grades, which was really funny and ironic. So I, I just feel like I, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of us have those kind of brains that maybe just don't really fit into the school system very well. And that, and that same thing that makes me like maybe sharp or something. Like, I don't even say that as a brag. It just is one brain type. Mm -hmm. Like I was so jealous of my friends who were like really natural socially and stuff like that. So that never really came natural to me. So I was always just like the kid over on the side, like reading a book, you know? And uh, that was kind of my, intro to fashion i guess Interesting. it kind of it started from a more like needy place you know it, it since then it's grown into something that i just really love but like at first it was like a way to fit in and get people to notice me and stuff like that yeah so, yeah no that makes a lot of yeah. sense was it more like the like you were like a sharp mind from a creative standpoint or was it like a math and sciencey mind like yeah creative like all right brain all right brain um, stuff yeah yeah i just feel like you know, we could talk nature and nurture all day, but it's like from the time I was like probably like three years old, maybe my earliest memories, I could just remember like wanting to draw along like while I was watching like Batman and Spider-Man cartoons mm-hmm. and like always wanted to like create characters and worlds and stuff like that. That's so cool. love fiction and right brain stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. you were big. So you were big on kind of like uh drawing cartoons and and superheroes and things like that like were there other like yeah, moments that like pop out as a kid that used to like like your mom would be like yo sebastian why go go clean the room or like what are you doing like or the in class like yo what what is this kid doing he's drawing all the time like are there any moments like that yeah or? yeah for sure <laughs> yeah i mean like i was saying like i don't know if you relate to this like were you a good kid in school um i was i was relatively shy in school i was pretty good i would say i was pretty good yeah yeah I was just like, I just couldn't focus Mm, basically. mm. So that was, that was it. Like I, without even trying to, like, I would just always be causing a ruckus in class. Like I was just very like distractible and hyperactive (laughs) and stuff like that. And so I feel like it was that same thing. It was like the teachers saw that there was something that I had to contribute. And so I ended up in like, you know, those gifted programs or whatever, but at the same time, I couldn't even like pay attention enough to get good grades in class. And so had to do the uh, ADD meds and all that stuff. Mm. And it was like, literally went from being like a D student to an A student when I got medicated, but I got off that stuff after school. Cause yeah. I'm like, Hey, I don't need to be sitting still for six hours a day anymore. So might as well try raw dog in life, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. I'm raw dog in the Berks right now. So yeah. <laughs> might as well raw dog something while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Pause. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the school system, especially here in the States, um, it's a kind of this system that sometimes can, you know, pull people in and just churn them out, you know, from a, from yeah. a methodical standpoint. Um, For sure. I think it makes good workers, yeah, but it doesn't make good thinkers necessarily. Exactly. Good workers, good, almost not even, I mean, good, like obedient workers, right? Like good, almost yeah. like factory style type worker where you almost do the same repetitive task day in and day out kind of thing so unless you went to some kind of special school where you were given opportunities that's a lot of people's experience and a lot of people you know have that same experience I have experiences in in my schooling where I wasn't necessarily like in love with 
like just being there at, at 7 a.m. and going through the entire process of taking role and doing the Pledge of Allegiance and being in class, all yeah, these things that yeah. are kind of recessed because, you know, as an adult, I never have to do these things. But, like, if I think about, like, the amount of mornings where I was literally dog tired in the morning, like not wanting to be there because the sleep schedule of a teenager is just not sometimes right for 6.30 right. to and then to 4 p.m. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of things you can talk about with school. Um, but I think that for the creative yeah. minds like yours, it's awesome that you still kind of had this like rebellious nature about you and you still kind of understood that you were creative. You were someone who wanted to kind of bounce off the walls and be creative and have fun and, and use the right side of your brain. Um, and so I'm curious from like, you know, young middle school, high school, what was kind of your, what is kind of your trajectory after high school right like what happened after you graduated yeah well yeah and first just to like put a button on what you were just talking about I think that you touched on something very interesting which is that like I don't think I'm special you know for being like a creative person or whatever right I think there's millions of other people out there like me you know and I think that like you said like I had this rebellious streak where I just had I had this conviction in myself that like no matter how hellish like that routine was for me I was gonna do something different once I got out of it Mm -hmm. you know but I think that it crushes a lot of people, you know, that kind of regimented life. Like, I think there's so many, like, think back to when we were kids, like how many people did art, you know, you didn't need to classify yourself as an artist. Everyone loved getting out the crayons and scribbling, Everyone, did. you know, everyone did. And then where does that go? It's like, over time, you're just told you're, you know, that's kind of put away and you're kind of put into this worker box. And I think a lot of people fall victim to that. And so anyway that's no, that's that topic you're, you're but so yeah, right like- you're so right one thing i want to touch on I, I we keep touching on things i remember in school when like there would be days where like you'd like be in like like for example history class or something like that or whatever it may be and the teacher instead of like learning about you know the history of 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 U- the u.s or something like that they would bring in like um like play-doh and everyone would just play with play-doh for the day and like it was like the best day because you gotta use your mind in a creative fun there's no wrong answers there's nothing wrong you could do whatever you want and i think a lot of society is still missing that element for a lot of people so go ahead continue i'm sorry definitely that hands-on stuff yeah Yeah, so you you would ask me about after high school right yep yep yeah so after high school again i fell victim to what a lot of people do which is like i knew for a fact like I know it in the core of me that I love making art and that nothing else interests me. Right. And, um, for, for me, that's fiction, music and clothes, Mm -hmm. uh, clothes came a little later, but it's like the, I I knew that in the core of me, but like a lot of people you're like, Oh, I need a fallback. Like it's real now. You know, you think, you think 18 is like crunch time, you know, it's, it's kind of like not to be all Gary V about it, but like, you don't realize just how young 18 is. And all of a sudden you're like, I have to f- make a decision for what the rest of my life is going to be. You know, you like, you really think that, mm-hmm. especially here when the, there's money on the line, you know, you need to get into school and you're like, I think the average American kid, I can only speak for Americans is like, I need to pick a career path now, you know, and I need to yeah. get into the right major and all that stuff. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, I know I want to be an artist, but I don't want to like starve. Cause at the time there was no like, I'm, I don't know how old you are. I'm 32. I'm 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, I was, this was like pre social media. There were no examples of people really like making it big mm-hmm. as artists just on their own independently. Like it was still very much, you had to go through the institutions. And so at the time it was a big gamble. I'm like, I don't want to starve, you know? So I went into, uh, 
I went into communications, which is like, <laughs> it's kind of, there's like, I forget what the joke is, but it was basically all like frat guys and sorority girls and me, <laughs> just like people who just wanted to kind of get through school or didn't know what they wanted to right. do. No offense, no offense to any high earning communications majors out there. But That's like, what I hear too. It, Usually it's like some athletes who really don't want to try too hard, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, and then I'd see the same people in like my geology class, you know, like rocks for jocks yeah, exactly. and stuff, exactly. but yeah, so that was it. So I, like, if I could do it all over again, man, I would have, uh, absolutely just probably skipped school, but you know, if I had gone to school, got like an art degree or something. So, you so know? you would have skipped school. So you, in, what did you end up doing? I'm confused. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know I, I went to school. I went to ASU right. for four went to years. Four years, ASU. Okay, okay, I see. Yeah, and yeah. got my communications degree. Right, right, was right, a good right. student. Stayed on my meds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, graduated with honors. But like, I just felt like I wasn't with my people. You know, mm -hmm. like if I could do it all over again, I would have just picked an art degree or skipped school entirely and like started a band. You know, because you just you don't realize how young you are and how easy it is to gamble at that age. Absolutely. You, know? you have less. I mean, that's kind of the thing that. I'm realizing, I kind of realized it when I was about 22, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, being 22, it feels a lot different than being 17, but getting the perspective of someone who's like 45 or 36 or 37, and they still feel incredibly young compared to, you know, how young I feel, but I don't feel like the 17 version, 17 year old version of myself. Yeah. The, the amount of flexibility you have from, you know, about you know, obviously like 15 to, to 35 is incredible. If you don't have kids, you don't have a wife, that kind of thing. And, um, that's why I kind of, I'm going so hard as it relates to creating content, right? Because I feel like I can, you know, swallow some losses, pay less rent, live in a crappier place, you know, not have my girlfriend worry about it too much at 24, but around, yeah. you know, 32 around your rate, like it's going to start, they're going to start questioning those kind of things. And obviously if you're 32, like there's, you can still obviously do those kind of things. You're still pretty young relatively. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. So you would have for, foregone school. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially in this day and age, like, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many examples of people making it mm -hmm. independently in so many fields yeah. that like somebody like me, there's no way I would do school. I don't want to, you know, piss off anyone's parents here, but no, like, I, agree, I, I just, yeah. And I, and mad respect to you too, for like going all in, because I, I think that it's one thing to see the opportunity and it's another to actually, you know, take the risk and put yourself in the arena. And so I respect anyone who does that. Appreciate you know? it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's, that, that's really cool. That's really interesting. So you, you said you would have started a band. So you're, you're big on music. You're also said you're big on like creating, um, kind of talk to me about, how fashion gets in gets into the mix you know what i mean like where it is yeah. where, when did you start getting into fashion because that's kind of the perspective i know you from that was kind of a weird transition drew for sure uh, but tell me about the the how you kind of it works yeah it works <laughs> yeah yeah no i i think that um fashion is like so for one i think that you know just as it relates to creativity in general i'm kind of against the idea of picking mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I think if you really, if you do want to pick and you want to be like Jiro dreams of sushi, you know, and you want to just dedicate your entire life to one thing that's admirable too. Mm -hmm. But like for me doing that would feel really anxiety inducing. Cause I'd be like, man, all these other things I love are now being sidelined, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, what, with clothes, um, like I said, like I kind of mentioned that started from impure motives, you know, like I just, 
wanted to get attention from girls basically yeah. like i just felt like i didn't have anything else to compete with i wasn't an athlete i wasn't you know uh big or tall or confident or anything like that right. i was just this weird little bookworm <laughs> and so for me it was like yeah that was a way to get some attention and back in the day you really i'm telling you man like before the internet really connected people and like helped people elevate their taste because the average person's taste level right now people don't appreciate how much higher it is than previous generations. Yeah. Like you see cool outfits from previous generations, but people don't realize that was like, you know, 0.5% of the population or something, mm. or, you know, 5% maybe yeah. of the population was like clued in because it was just harder to get that information. Like I remember like early two thousands, people love to talk about the early two thousands right now and how fashionable <laughs> it was and stuff, dude. I remember how the average person was dressing in the early two thousands. Like <laughs> it was bad, man. It was just like lucky jeans, flip flops, <laughs> like Hollister t-shirt, you know? Yes. Yeah. I totally get and, you. And like, yeah. And so, so back then, like even by trying just a little bit, like I remember I would get all kinds of like homophobic stuff just for like wearing a cardigan. Like literally some dude was like, I'm just like mumbling under his breath. I'm getting kind of a gay vibe from this guy. And I was wearing a cardigan. Like what? No, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, and, and so it, it, people don't realize just how far we've come, you know? Yeah. yeah I think I still and, think a lot of people get that. Unfortunately, I've, I get a couple DMS a week, depending on where you, where, like what communities you're in. I get some DMS from some high schoolers who say, you know, Drew, I appreciate your content. Um, but where I live, you know, you know, guys don't really dress like I do. And when I try, they like, they just say I'm gay. And I'm like, that is just unbelievable how, yeah. how people can associate that. Um, obviously the taste levels of that community aren't there, but, um, really fascinating. So, so you're saying 2000 stuff wasn't, it wasn't really it unless you were like in like a major like city and like point yeah, yeah. niche community, like, <laughs> For sure. And, and maybe 0.5 is too small, but I like, don't think so. <laughs> and, and also I was a kid. So that probably distorts my view because in general, well, high schoolers now are like super clued in, but yeah, high schoolers back then didn't really have high taste. And, uh, it was like, yeah, I mean, that was, so that was kind of where it's, that was where the interest started was like, Hey, notice me. And it worked. Yeah. Like I literally like one of the cutest girls in school took an interest to in me. Yo, it was it like, too, it was like too much too soon though. It was too much too soon. Like you gotta, you gotta ramp up to that. Like getting that much attention out of nowhere for like a shy kid is just like, I completely blew the opportunity. Let's just leave oh, it. So that. it didn't work out. I was about to say like, what happened? She just, yeah, yeah, fumbled yeah. The no, bag. no, no. She was like, and, and she was like slow pitching, like underhand to me. Like it was just like open interest and affection and I didn't know what to do with it. So it's okay, man. absolutely fumbled that's, back. That's what happens when you're young. Okay. Young in love. That's, that's okay. You can make mistakes. Yeah, man. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I can only speak for guys, but I feel like every guy has that like Batman moment where like, <laughs> there's just this horrible heart pain, just like, and it just like hits you and you're like in pain for like a year. And then after that you become this like, dark like focused version of yourself exactly and things start to just <laughs> click on another wavelength yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no yeah i i yeah i have the we don't have to go down that road for myself i have some pretty cringy stories of my high school days as well so um but yeah so from you and your interest in fashion a lot for a lot of people it's, it's women for a lot of people it's girls or partners um what's the the journey from like you know getting into fashion to deciding to make videos about fashion you know what i mean yeah yeah so from there it was like i would say that kind of persisted into college and stuff but then you know you just get more curious like you start back then i would subscribe to paper gq you know mm -hmm. 
started reading about it more and then you just get pulled into that world you know and it becomes a hobby like i just i would spend my days off just you know going shopping or just looking through stores and kind of taking notes and like it's really weird because i've noticed that for somebody like me who always got bad grades in math and stuff i wouldn't consider myself very left brain at all like my approach to fashion seems to be very like analytical Mm -hmm. and left brain like i just loved kind of like for me, what was more fun than like buying the most recent like designer thing was just going in, finding all the really normal stuff or like going to thrift stores, going to Buffalo Exchange back in the day. It was in my university. There was one close yeah. by and just kind of doing the math of like, OK, I'm going to buy a, a pant in three different fits and then let's see which one works best. And then why does it work? And just kind of that taking up like taking it apart and looking under the hood, I guess, was kind of my like it just became a hobby of like, let's just keep buying a bunch of cheap stuff. And just figuring out what makes it tick, right. you know, why, why do these colors go well together? Like, why do these textures, how do you layer this, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. so it just became this hobby. And over the years, I would just do, do that with all my free time. That's and fantastic. Then I, I love that. started helping friends with their stuff. Cause like, I saw the connection between, you know, like fashion still plays that role when you're, um, especially when it comes to like dating, if you know, you're out at the bar, you can maybe grab somebody's eye if you have a cool outfit on, you of know, <clears throat> and it just gives you that little window. And so like my friends maybe who weren't very confident or something like I saw that as a good way to just give them that confidence boost. So I'd take my friends to the mall and stuff like that. Yeah. And so then that's where like the teaching aspect kind of came. Oh in. yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that you kind of, I love that approach where you took three different types of pants and you kind of compared each one of them. A lot of times with young people, they're always asking and even older people. I've, I, asked, I asked a question recently that said, you know, when did you get into fashion? High school, middle school. And I had a ton of people said now and I'm 29, I'm 37, I'm 36, I'm I'm 25. And right. if you're someone who's into fat, who wants to start to get into fashion, this is a great, what Sebastian just said is a great way to kind of systematically go about it. Take a look at different types of pants because everyone loves to talk about pants. Everyone needs a good pair of pants. Okay. Do you want sure. pants that are that are more flowy? Do you want some that are made out of denim? Do you want some that are a more corduroy kind of texture? Look at the different styles that are available to you and then kind of look and say, hey, I don't really like this one as much. I like this one more and take note of it and your style will continue to progress and build in that way. Um, absolutely it's a very hands-on thing yeah. you know it's like i think it's important to it will definitely save you some time to like learn from people like us online and get a reference for where you're going that'll get you in like the right neighborhood but then ultimately yeah you got to try stuff on and you got to just really find what works for you and it's just that feeling of that click when you get something that's really for you yeah. like Amazing. for me like 501 levi's 501s it's a classic but it's like for me and my body specifically i've got kind of scrawny legs like it just works Mm. and when i put on a good pair of 501s still i get this little like chill like this little rush you know and it's like when you when you when you know that when you get that little clicking feeling that something is just or or like one really good one is like the pant shoe interaction i'm sure you're you can appreciate this like when you when you put on a shoe and then you put the pants on it it just sits perfectly Perfectly. on top of that particular Mm -hmm. shoe Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's just i live for those moments those are those are fantastic (laughs) fantastic moments and it it does feel if you're right it feels so good to be wearing clothing that not only fits great but you know looks great it's a you know for a lot of people they'll say that you know like how you mentioned how for a lot of guys like 
attracting girls, attracting a partner is important to them. It just gives you that extra little boost of confidence when you step out the house and whatever interaction you're in. When you wear things that fit, when you wear things that look good and you know they look good, you have a bit more of a... You know, swagger to the way you talk to a girl, the swagger to when you talk to uh, maybe a a business interaction or something like that. So um, definitely. But yeah, that's where the teaching came from. So you used to take your friends to the mall. And then like the first like what's the first TikTok you made? Like, what was it about? Do you remember? I made a TikTok. I mean, I kind of half assed it when TikTok first started bubbling Mm. up, you know, like when I first got an account, um, I was like, I you can still scroll back and find them. Like, I don't believe in deleting a ton of stuff. Same. Like just leave my mistakes out on the table. But I uh, did some talking about music. I did some talking about life. Mm. I couldn't really decide. Like people were saying niche, niche, niche. Yeah. And I didn't want to do mm. that. Eventually I kind of caved to mm. that and it, it helped me. It does help to at least start with a niche. Um, but yeah, like when I really got serious about, um, about this the fashion stuff was march of this year actually um i had just gotten back from puerto rico helping my brother-in-law and sister set up their podcast um and i was just like i had had a lot of health i've had a lot of health issues for the past seven years right and we can touch on that later if you want but it's not a big deal and it's just like i was having a lot of flare-ups while i was in puerto rico because i hadn't traveled for a long time and like when your nervous system's out of whack and you're feeling like you're in danger it just makes things worse yeah. so it's like this vicious cycle and long story short i was just like in hell for like a while like while i was down there and while i was flying back it was just like this full body inflammation and i just felt terrible mm-hmm. and i was like it was like a low point in my life to be honest i was just like man like i don't have that much money like i don't know what I'm doing, like, you know, my career, I had had to abandon my career back in 2018 because of this same Mm. stuff. I was in New York city working in fashion Mm. and uh, yeah, it was just like, I I was just like, you know what, like let's, it's time to just go all in on something and just throw the, you know, hail Mary and just see what happens. Cause worst case scenario, I'm spending an hour a day making content for a while and it doesn't go anywhere. And so I just, yeah, I just went for it. And, um, I think it was like the right moment. I think if I had done it earlier, it wouldn't have been the same form that it had taken, you know, like I think I had lived enough and I feel like I had gotten kind of kicked around enough by life that it kind of gave me this perspective of like, like I want to help people, you know what I mean? And I think if I had, maybe if I was younger and I was doing this, like I would have still been kind of arrogant. It would have still been about like me, 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 right? you know? Yeah. And so I, th- I, th- I think that, you know, it all worked out, you know, god's plan or whatever it was right right. just the timing aligned perfectly and i think i was the person i needed to be when i started doing these and i was coming from a very like i want to help people place and i think that people just resonated with that and so i was like thrilled when i like it was just like because that's all i wanted from life is i just wanted something i could work hard at that was that gave me a sense of purpose you know like i had done the corporate thing and i had done all that and it was you know i hated every second of it and it was like so I was just, re- I just felt really blessed to like have people rocking with my videos and that just made me go harder at them. Absolutely. You know? And I think that that's, that is an important step too. I think there's a couple of things you said there. Um, first and foremost, I think that this idea that the stars aligned is a common kind of theme for a lot of people when it comes to when they first step out and do something. But a lot of times what mm-hmm. I find is that the stars aligned because you stepped out and did the thing, right? Um, you mm-hmm. felt as though the timing was right for you. And a lot of times, and it, it could be, I don't want to like put my idea about why things work for you because things are obviously working for you. Um, but 
it takes a lot of courage, obviously, for anybody to step out and do these kind of things, make videos, be judged, that kind of stuff. Um, and also, yeah. in relation to how you talked about niching down, um, a lot of people will tell you to niche down. But I actually think that you can build a deeper, not a wider, but a deeper connection with the audience mm-hmm. that you have if you decide to show more of yourself. And I, I, I've recently watched a couple of your videos that were showing, you know, how to stay physically fit, essentially, um, recently, and that, that has nothing to do with necessarily fashion, but like a lot of creators do that still. Like Marcus Milioni is an example of that. He like goes and runs every day and also talks about his fashion brand and things like that. And yeah. it's cool to see. It's, it's cool because it's something that only like you have only one individual can provide it in a particular way. So yeah, right, we'll definitely right. talk about the health stuff as well. I think, um, overall, I love to inspire people and I think that your story is, is actually really captivating and inspiring in that respect as well. Cause I know you've talked about that before on TikTok as well. So um, we'll, we'll touch on it a, a little bit later. Um, sure. One of the things I absolutely love. And it's not even something I need to talk about that yeah, much. Yeah. I just, I like, to, I like to use it as a way to show people like what they can push through and stuff like that. But it's like, I try not to identify with it. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, you never should, right? Like, I mean, you're more than everyone's more than just, the current issue that they're kind of dealing with they're all because we're all dealing with a version of something i mean maybe not necessarily to the degree but um anyways i I wanted to ask you specifically about kind of your demeanor right like you kind of touched on it a little bit something that really drew me to your content not only was it the fact like that you know the information that was given in the videos it was also this like i want to help people like you mentioned before where does that come from? Because I feel like in fashion, a lot of times you have people who are less, I want to help more. I am all knowing I'm better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me show you how to do Couldn't it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Or, you know, <laughs> uh, let me put it, let me put you on, on track or let me put you in your place kind of thing. Right. Where does, yeah, well, man, yeah, I, you, you got it. <laughs> no, I think that that's like, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. I, I think that like, Fashion in general, this is what people don't realize. Like, so I worked in the industry for seven years. If you count my time at a department store, um, I started with uh, a big retailer, big uh, department store retailer that sells kind of higher end stuff. Started at the store, worked my way into corporate, um, and then from corporate, worked my way to the studio. And my time there, I love it. Like, I was around some of the realest people. Like, to be honest, like my boss in New York was. Um, so good. And my boss in Seattle, actually started in Seattle, then transferred to New York. Um, in both places, I had bosses that cultivated like a real cool, like down to earth family atmosphere, you know, like, even though it was fashion and like, there's a swirl of bullshit in the fashion industry. Like there's so many divas and there's so much like, I mean, I've been, you know, I was sexually harassed one time, like not a big deal, like not the kind of thing I would press charges about, just like annoying workplace stuff. And it wasn't it wasn't like a coworker, it was a freelancer. Right. But like that kind of stuff that was just floating around the industry, Uh, just a lot of divas, like people, you just have to be really quiet and walk on glass around. And like my boss is really good at like kind of creating environments that were just really real and down to earth. And like the people were like just artists because because that's what I believe. Like I believe that fashion at its core comes from a creative place, you know, and it's a very pure thing, but it is more commercial than any other art form. Like I can't think of any other art form that is as entrenched with money as fashion. And like, I think that even a lot of these designers and stuff, like they just want to be creating, but there's so much pressure on them to turn in these numbers for board members and stuff. And I, I just think that when you're on the other side, when you're on the inside of the industry, and I wasn't like at the 
core of everything. Like I did e-commerce, right? So I'm not like, I was never a big shot, but I was an e-commerce assistant stylist uh, for like designer stuff. And I did menswear in Seattle and designer in New York. Anyway, um, when you're on that side of the industry, you see just how fast everything moves and you see what a game it all is. Like you really realize let me just use this analogy. The people that were always the most swagged out in designer stuff, head to toe, were always the people in their early 20s, not making that much money freelancing and just getting into the industry. Mm. The people who had been in the industry and were seasoned, like the majority of them either had very personal style or like just minimalist, like comfort right. style. Like they'd be wearing like foam cushion shoes and like, cause it's a very physical mm. job. And that was a big lesson in itself for me is like, um, especially like the personal style stuff. Like one of my good friends who is an, another assistant stylist, like she was a little older than me. And uh, she just had this really cool retro style. She'd wear like Hawaiian shirts and like super wide, like, you know, 60s Levi's mm. and like, you know, beat up boots and stuff. And like, I thought it was just so cool that her style didn't really change from season to season. She might buy new things here and there, but like, I just realized that like, sorry, I'm going in a million no, directions, fine. but like, those of us in the industry, like you can see what a game it is. You see how the wheel just keeps turning and the trends just keep coming. Mm -hmm. And you realize that like, and I was guilty of the same thing. When I was in my early twenties, I would just, I had my first corporate paycheck. I would buy into all these trends, right. you know, and I would just cycle through them. And I was, and, and just like my closet was so full of stuff that I wasn't even wearing anymore. Right. And um, it made me realize, like I started questioning, like what's the mechanism behind that? I'm like, okay, well clearly it's money, you know? And then why, what keeps it turning? Well, clearly like, especially in first world countries like America and stuff, like even, you know, poor people in America are clothed, right? Like if you can go to donation centers and you can get yourself, you know, a sweater or whatever, it might not be the coolest looking thing, but like, so, so the fact that we all have clothes and we, a lot of us, most of us, I would say have too many clothes, yeah. what keeps us buying? Well, what keeps us buying is the trend cycle. And then what keeps that going? It's like, and to me, it, it all, I kept digging down, like, what's, what's the thing at the center of it? And for me, it was insufficiency. Mm. Like, if you feel sufficient, if you feel whole as a human, you're not going to buy, you know, yeah. if you feel complete where you are. I mean, even look at how I first got into fashion. I got in because I wanted to attract girls. I didn't think I was enough to attract girls, mm. right? Nowadays, I can, you know, have a great conversation with somebody like wearing an undershirt you yeah. know and like it's not a big deal right yeah. so everything you have is within you you might not have unlocked it yet but it's within you but I, I think that so much of the fashion industry is about convincing you that it's without you you know you have to go find it outside and if you don't buy into that and i think it's a very subconscious thing i don't think people think in their head oh i'm not enough right. but like sorry to just talk so much no, it's but like, perfect i literally remember like i was thinking I literally remember being 10 years old and watching MTV. This was like, again, I'm old. So like, this was like when MTV was still doing like pool, like beach party yeah. stuff and showing music videos. It was one of those like beach party things or whatever. It was the summer. The VJ was there, you know? And I literally remember being only 10 and saying, whoa, I'm not good enough. I'm not cool enough. Literally had that thought. Like I saw all these people and they were so stylish and so cool and so social. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, I'm sitting on my couch. It's summer. I'm inside. I'm not enough. And I literally had that thought. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I'm the only one that has it. Like it might not be so conscious for everybody, but I think that like, that's a deep part of our culture. Our culture is so based around money these days that like, I think that 
in order to keep that money machine spinning, you have to convince people in some way or another that what they're doing currently is not enough. Yeah. You know, no, I agree. And, and so for me, that's where it comes from. That's like, I, I saw, especially with young people, man, and just my heart breaks for them because it's like, you just, yeah, like clothes are just an expression of something deeper, you know, it's like, and, and, and being able to see that I could still love clothes and not have that consumer, you know, frantic kind of anxious relationship with them like made me want to show that to other people that like, Hey, you can get dressed, you can look good. You can care about looking good. That doesn't have to be a superficial thing, you know, but you also don't have to like, feel like you aren't enough. Absolutely. So, and and yeah. that not feeling, not feeling like you're enough manifests itself in so many different ways. I mean, you, the, we're talking about clothing Absolutely. here. It, it manifests itself in, you know, how you treat other people as well. It manifests itself in, you know, the, the level of hygiene, the, the, how you take, how you take care of yourself. And so I, I agree a thousand percent with you, man. I think a lot of kids, a lot of people, um, should understand that, advertising companies, fashion companies, their number one objective is to increase shareholder wealth. Their number one objective is to make more money year in and year out, 10% more, 15% yeah. more. And how do they how do they do that, right? Like you said, the trend cycle is the number one way. They say, "Hey, this is cool now. Oh wait, no, this is cool now. Oh wait, this is cool now." And then they have a new poster child for what cool is every, you know, 6 months, every 2 months, whatever the cycle is. I, I think Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful thought that you know, that you, like a lot of creators, wanted to create content to help solve a problem that was persisting, right? Which is this idea, this this kind of manipulative tactic of of big business, of capitalism, of the fashion industry. Um, and it, it's, I think it speaks through 100%. Like your content, whenever I watch one of your videos, you. I always think, you know, this guy in no way is trying to be clickbaity because a lot of times content is clickbaity it's like trying to be very like right. sensationalized no way it's clickbaity um i can tell this is a real person sometimes when, when you when it comes to videos on on instagram and tiktok and things and youtube uh people just make videos because they see that you can get views and then they want to get views themselves because they feel that lack that inadequacy just right, watching right. the videos and so they start you know doing the same thing um i feel that you know you're not really like that and it's so cool. It's so cool to to know that there is someone who genuinely wants to help other people. Because I feel like we live in a world today that has a lot of issues, and it it's, it stems from the fact that a lot of people are very self centered, right? And they're very like self focused. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. the world has kind of made a lot of people like that. I don't think it's like they're like that by nature, but a lot of times you have to be selfish to survive in a lot of situations. So. Um, 100 percent. yeah, yeah. so I, I agree man it's like yeah it's the default and i think that i think that the solutions to a lot of our problems are cultural you know and that's why i love podcasts i love what you're doing like i think that the fact that we're all talking now i don't think that current year i don't think that we're doing that much worse than we have been doing and it's just that it's aware now we're aware of it now like there have these problems have existed 100 percent. you know 100 percent. it's just that now we're all talking to each other and we realize how miserable we all are now that we're we're like Oh, you're miserable too. Okay. I can talk about it. Like, you know, and I, I don't, I, I'm actually optimistic. Like I don't have this doom and gloom version of the world. Like I, I think that the more we talk and the more we try to work out these solutions, the better. And like, I don't know. I, I think that, I don't think it's too late to turn things around. And I think that you, you, like I said, culturally, you have to make people understand things. You can't just 
you can't just go litigate something, you know, that's, that's one way that can get you a good, like stop gap, you know, like say there's something toxic going into the water yeah. by all means, make a law about that, you know, stop it from happening. But like when it comes to long-term behavior, you have to make people understand why they should change. Absolutely. You know? It all starts with the thing between your ears, right? It, it really does. What, yeah. what you think, you know, creates how you act. And a lot of times people don't, they don't really understand that until, you know, they're talking about something in such a negative way or they're acting in such a negative way. And they, and they ask themselves, you know, where does that, where's this coming from? Like, why, why, how, I used to be a, a nice kid when I grew up, or I used to be X, right. Y, and Z a couple of years ago. And all of a sudden you've turned into something, you know, nasty. And I actually, I yeah, really man. resonate with that idea that, you know, these problems have persisted and now they're being revealed. And I think there's in no way is society in, in, in perfect, right? We all understand that, but yeah. Over time, if you look at what it was like to live 50, 100, 200 years ago compared to now, there is clear progression. And I think that absolutely people like me and you want to continue that progression in a positive fact, right? And there's obviously going to be people who are going to be greedy, who want to obviously um, siphon money and, and siphon um I don't know why I'm using the word siphon, but take money out of the situations, uh, out of out of not feeling good enough right i don't know how to say it in another way like they want to they want to yeah, extract yeah. money out of those situations from people and then there's people who like you and me who want to feed consumers feed the masses to help them understand that you don't need to give your money to the fashion companies to feel adequate that can come from within right. and you can do it at a lower cost rate hopefully that makes yeah. sense <laughs> i don't know if i said it that does. right and, and and i like what you're saying because it like I like what you said about these people. Like sometimes you just life pushes you in this way, you know, like, you know, life can make you bitter. Like we're held right at this kind of survival line of money and stuff like that. But it's like you said, also, I mean, throughout history, there were so much more like oppression without like any, like the average person throughout history, like would have to look at somebody who took something from them, you know, quite literally, like go back far enough your wife could be taken from you because she was hot enough and now she's in the king's harem you have no recourse everyone in society is against you you just have to shut your mouth and take it for your entire life and there's still people in situations like that in other ways nowadays right but as for overall like the fact that you and i can make something for ourselves the fact that we can you know marry who we want the fact that you know there's just i agree like we can't just take this doom and gloom look at things but we should also evaluate how we can continue progress. And like, what I want to say too, is that I think that you're a great example of how, like, I don't like puritanism. You know, mm -hmm. I think that there's a little too much of that going around right now. It's very easy to look at the world in these very cut and dry terms of like, who's the good guys, who's the bad guys. And I just don't think that that's how it is. It's like, even you and I, like we are both participating in unethical things because we need to put bread on the table, Of course, you know? Like, I'm sorry, but like there's, you know, even the chemicals and the petrochemicals that they use in, to make shoes and stuff like we could, there are ways to make better things that don't involve the same, you know, petroleum or of whatever, course. right? And so by promoting footwear, are you promoting like pollution and blah, blah, but it's like, you have to look at the impact. Like you, you have zero impact. If you want to go like poop in the woods and throw away your iPhone, what impact are you going to have on the earth? Right. No one's ever going to hear. And it's like, so that's why I don't like the whole, you know, that kind of puritanism. I think that it's, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing to like take some corporate money from a sponsor, yeah. you know, and just tell people, Hey, I like their products. 
you don't have to go buy a million products, but you know, if you decide to buy from these people, that's great. But overall, maybe buy less, yeah. you know, and then that still keeps things moving in the right direction. Absolutely. And this that this is a topic that could go on for hours and hours. I feel like yeah, for sure. in, in, to, in a lot of different ways. Um, and I feel like it's really interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see your trajectory on TikTok as it continues. Hopefully, you could, you know, continue to evolve. And are you, are you thinking of doing videos on other platforms as well? As well, or are you focused primarily? People on TikTok? have said they would like to see me do like longer stuff, like on YouTube. So uh, when I've got a little more time, I'd like to do that. Cool. Um, and then maybe. You know, like I produce a podcast for my brother-in-law. And so like I've learned kind of the ropes of that. So I was thinking of maybe doing a podcast with my friend Stephanie, who's really funny, but she's also really shy. So I like, I feel like the world needs to see her, awesome. but I have to convince her to get on mic. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully Stephanie, if you're listening to this right now, you yeah. haven't. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I, I kind of want to transition a little bit to sure. more kind of your personal side, things that you're into. Um, in doing some rigorous, rigorous research on you, I can tell that you're big on sci-fi. You're, you're a big media guy. I feel like still, um, and I'm, I'm yeah. kind of big on those things too. I think a lot of people like science fiction for, I saw you buying manga, man. And I, I got the whole, got all, I got stoked collection about that literally behind the screen right now. Like it's insane. Nice. Um, but I want to ask you, man, like what, um, what are some of the like sci-fi? What, like, what, what are you big on? Like movies, shows, books, like talk yeah. to me about that. I'm a little behind on movies and shows for, to be honest, but like, I've been a big reader for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I love anything with good world building. I don't know about you, but like, for me, like for me, science fiction, the stuff I'm drawn to is less, less the stuff that's like, Oh, what would happen if AI got intelligent and you know, what would happen if we had sex with AI, (laughs) you know, like that stuff's interesting, like those kind of questions and stuff. But like, for me, it's more about just interesting worlds. I think like ever since I watched star Wars and stuff, Mm Or I feel like, okay, so Star Wars has really good world building, like the original. Because I remember as a kid just being like, the fact that everything looks worn in, they didn't have to do that. I was noticing like other sci-fi, it always looks slick and futuristic. But like Star Wars, the whole universe feels very lived in. You know, like paint paint is chipped, things look all jerry-rigged and stuff. And I thought that was a really cool creative decision. And that really informed how I look at like fiction. I just love people that can envision a world that has its own rules and culture and stuff like yeah. that. And so Batman, the animated series was another big one when I was young, like that, the nineties one, yeah. um, the way that it creates this kind of, I didn't know what an aesthetic was back then, but the way that they, they call it dark deco. Right. It's like this art deco kind of at night kind of yeah, vibe. I know the show. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I love stuff like that. That's just like details and world building. So if I can recommend maybe to some, people listening some that i really think are great if you're into anime and manga or even if you're not doro hidoro really good have you have you read it i haven't it? read it i've heard great so things good. about it yep yep it's just off the wall it's a little more mature it's very violent but it's also very like funny and lighthearted yeah. it, it's a weird combo and they mix a lot of things like that so it's it's, it's it's a very cool mix and it's actually got some great fashion in it fantastic i love um, that Let's see. Another one that I really like, if you're into anything kind of gothic or uh, just kind of, yeah, eccentric Mm. and gothic, if you like Neil Gaiman, um, I would recommend Gormenghast, which is a trilogy. It's really the first two books are a series and the third is kind of a standalone, but it's it's beautiful. It's like this. It was written. um, It takes place in this enormous castle that's like miles long. And it's just everyone in the castle has their own weird kind of culture and traditions. 
and rituals that they perform that they don't even remember why they're performing mm-hmm. them. And it's got this kind of quirky, dark vibe to it. Um, so that's really good. Dorodoro. Uh, if you're into like, yeah, again, if you're into world building, uh, China Mieville, China he's Mieville. this, okay. yeah, he's this British author and he wrote this trilogy that takes place in this world called Baslag, but it's not really a trilogy. The three books are unrelated, but they take place in the same world with different main characters. And it's just a beautiful like fusion of like steampunk fantasy, like, you know, there's a little bit of everything yeah. he makes up instead of just going with like elves and goblins, like he makes up his own races. Like there's people with scarab beetles for heads oh, and stuff cool. <laughs> and that make sculptures out of their spit. You know, it's like <laughs> a really weird world. So if, but at the same time, it's very human and there's like a lot of good storytelling. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you have any, if you have any cool recommendations, I'm definitely down to hear that. Tell me well. the name or, of, or tell me just, the name of the last one you just said. I, I was trying to write it down. I missed it. Yeah. It's called, it's, if you look at Baslag, it's B-A-S-L-A-G. Bass that's Lag. the name of the world. Yeah. yeah. That's the name of the world that it takes place in, but it's three standalone stories. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 In terms of my recommendations, um, I think I'm going through, I'm going through in terms of manga anime, I'm going through a lot of kind of traditionally great, um, traditionally great kind of classic. So I'm, I'm going through Yu Yu Hakusho right now. Um, nice. I, I recently, I think one of my favorites is Akira. Like the actual manga Akira is fantastic. Um, yep i got it right over there on my bookshelf i love it same i have like the the box in fact you probably don't know this but one of the first videos that like did well on my youtube channel i did an unboxing Mm. of the akira box set from like 2017 oh nice um so yeah there's that i think recently i've been reading this hilarious i I don't know why i'm more into like comedy mangas for some reason but this hilarious one called prison school Oh okay. man, it, it's it's hilarious, um, and it, it doesn't necessarily have the world bend- building, but it's just a fun read. Like it's just and so enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I would say those Yu Yu, Akira, Prison School. I, those are the ones I'm obsessed with. I have like Death Note behind you and some other ones that I'm excited nice. to read. So I I've been slacking a little bit. Um, there's this one I read. This is like a one a one off manga called Color of Rage. It's about this black okay. guy who was a slave. It's like a kind of like a historical fictional kind of thing. He was a slave, um, but he escaped to Japan. And then like he like befriended like um, this this one like Japanese warrior. And they like like basically fought off um, some of the some emperor. And like there's a whole kind of story behind it. It's, it's a really, really cool story. Color of Rage is a good one, too. So that's rad. Yeah. Is that based on a true story? I'm not sure. It might be. I, I need to check the the uh, the end of the book again, but I'm not sure. It's yeah. it's a really cool one though. It's really cool. Sounds interesting. Um, I'm definitely into like all fiction too. Like I I like my world building stuff, but like yeah, I mean anything anything goes. I think really. world building I, yeah. stuff is it 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 really it's amazing, right? Like when you when you when I was a kid watching Star Wars, I was also amazed. I I didn't necessarily look at it with the same probably granular detail as you did, but I was just always amazed that. You know, the planets, all of them have this different feel to them. And then the characters have a different feel to them. And the, the cadence yeah. and when the way they talk is exemplary of the planet that they lived on and their age. And all these, all right. these like, details that you have to really think out. And they have to all make sense, too. Like, they can't just kind of be independent of I'm each sure. other. So, I like world-bending stuff as well. It's sci-fi and fantasy stuff. It helps you escape the, the Matrix a bit. So Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, and I feel like it's not taken seriously enough. That's one reason that I've really gotten into anime and manga these past couple years is that like I feel like they take it seriously as an art form over there. Like, whereas in the West, it's taken a little more time for us to get caught up to the idea that like, you know, sci-fi and fantasy and you know animation in general, you can tell very adult stories with it. You know, yeah. it's, it's not just for kids. Exactly. And stuff. And exactly. It's yeah. Not just for nerds or whatever. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, so I love seeing the genres kind of get the respect they deserve. You totally, know? totally. What about food, man? You got any favorite types of food? You know, that kind of goes with a lot of my like illnesses. Have stuff has been centered around my stomach, so I've had to really cut down like what I can eat. But I'm slowly like healing and building back. And I gotta say, like I fantasize about Mexican food. <laughs> like I've been like slowly tiptoeing back into that universe, like making some stuff at home. Max. But it's uh, Mexican food, Thai probably my two favorites anything like specific dishes like a mexican food or thai like just pad thai or like uh, you know, tacos some some arepas or something yeah i, lo- I love pad siu mm-hmm. and actually i'm half colombian so arepas are like a big deal yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah like oh my god yeah i love arepas like just with some butter and cheese i can't eat cheese i haven't had dairy for years no, but like you. man or like some shredded beef on the inside yeah so good. What about I you? I don't want to get your I don't want to get your taste buzz. No, go, your for, mindset it, man. go for it. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I think recently for in terms of cuisine, um, I've been obsessed with a lot of Indian food, a lot of curries. Mm. Um, for whatever reason, there's this like fire joint that's not too far from us that I've been going to weekly. I, I've cut back a little bit because I'm trying to get my body. I'm trying to get my body right, get my get my whole physique looking good. So yeah, yeah. not too many carbs, but Indian food has been really smacking for me. It's been really, really good. <laughs> nice nice and you're in denver right? yeah in denver denver's a pretty healthy place so you got you guys have a pretty good food scene out there <sighs> yeah i would say it's above average yeah i would say it's above yeah. average not like that's cool crazy but like above average yeah, yeah. yeah that's rad last couple questions man you've been a great guest For sure. um we almost at the hour mark was me it was me I, I feel like we probably could talk longer um yeah. Um, we're running to the finish line here because you know yeah man you just cut, cut me off whenever because i you know feel like yeah we could go forever. no no it's good this is the last question anyway <laughs> so we're, i'm gonna cut cool. you off pretty soon <laughs> <I'm playing. laughs> um but you know we're, we're coming to an end here man so it's been great having you um thanks man it's been an honor being on definitely. here definitely last question when you're in a creative rut tell me I don't know why I said it like that. I might edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very theatrical. Leave it in. <laughs> All right, let me let me just try again. Though I don't know why I said it like that. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling awkward right now. I don't know why. No, man. Go when for you're it. in a cr- okay, that's another thing I'm passionate about, man. Is this is one one thing that I say? I think there's a Sky Ferreira <laughs> song called this, but this is like a motto of mine. Everything is embarrassing. Like literally, dude. So much of my life was like ruled by like shame and stuff like that because like I just felt like I was never like on cue socially when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And like you learn over time that like everyone feels that way and then just other people aren't saying it. And so you might as well be the weird one in the room because might like well. it actually lets other people kind of like loosen up. Thanks. No, you're so right. Yeah, you're so, so right. I appreciate that's why, you for that's that. why I hope you don't edit that out because like I feel like, yeah, man, it's like I, I'm, I'm so like anti-shame. Like I just love people just being able to like be themselves it's staying and just, like, in it's staying in okay breathe Everything easy is especially with the in. internet man everyone feels like they got to be on their best behavior all the time and it's like we're all just people Facts. you know we're all gonna say stupid stuff we're all gonna like embarrass ourselves whatever no, yeah, you're so right it's staying in it's staying in just just off of that good, good. <laughs> when all you're right. in a rut creatively yeah what do you kind of do to get out of that rut you know how do you how do you get over over how do you overcome 
being in kind of downturns as, as a creative individual. For sure. This is going to sound super arrogant, but I really don't have creative ruts and I will explain why. Like, I think that you can set up some scaffolding for yourself in your life that actually makes it so that you're constantly getting ideas, mm. you know? And it starts with journaling. Like, I really believe this. Like you, when I was like 16, I bought my first journal that I, I really wanted to like, and I would just write like my fiction ideas and stuff in it. But I remember at first when I first got it, like I couldn't even, it was more like the aesthetic of being a guy who writes in a journal that I was into. <laughs> Cause like, I, I had no idea what to write it. And I was just writing like grocery lists and stuff. Like I had no idea what I was going to fill these pages with. Mm. And then it's like something that you said earlier, like by actually doing the thing, you end up getting like the moment creates itself yeah. or whatever. It's similar to that. Like by actually just making myself write stupid stuff that I was thinking or whatever, like all of a sudden all these ideas started to come and I'd be going throughout my day, like making these connections. And then I would be like, Oh, I need to write that mm. down. And that became such a habit. Like now I do it mostly digitally, like just on a, like an app on my phone, but like, and I'll organize the notes yeah. later. But I, I believe that if you get, if you develop that practice, like ideas will start to just come to you whenever you're in these kind of uh, nothing zones, which is why I like to go walking and things like that. Like, or just even shopping at the mall. Like I barely ever buy anything at the mall, but I like to just go there and just kind of walk around by myself and think yeah. and window shop. Yeah. And I think if you do enough things like that, even if it's like folding laundry, it's, it's, it's basically creating the shower, right? You know how people always get their best ideas in Absolutely. the shower. I, I feel like if you, if you leave yourself enough of those little spaces in life, um, I think a walk is a great way to start. Mm. Like, and you have a journaling practice of some kind, um, keep a journal on hand or your phone. Like the ideas are just going to come. And like, I actually have the opposite problem now. Like right now I have literally like my ideas for like TikTok videos. It's too many to act on. Like I just, and so I, I really believe that. And so that's why I don't want to sound like a dick <laughs> saying like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't get creative ruts, but I literally can't remember the last time I had a creative rut because of that just that writing practice. No, yeah, I love that actually. And I want to expand upon that one second cuz I actually go on a walk every morning yeah. for 2 miles. And you're so right. Whenever I walk in the morning, I've I've been doing it for like maybe the past like 3 weeks. In the past 3 weeks, my ideation, like my clarity of mind has been like almost 100%. It's been so so good. And it's the same I I come from a, a sports background, Sebastian. So, it's mm -hmm. the same, you know, when it comes to sports. I always talk about basketball cuz it's like I poured a lot of my life into basketball when I was younger. And it's, it's, it's did, did you think you were going to go pro and yeah, stuff? I was hoping to, I played division yeah. one and, um, you know, after my division one experience, I realized that I should go a different route because, um, the love for the game, it, it was still there, but there was this really arduous route in front of me that I had, I would have had to go right. through. I'd have to give up a lot relationships, time, and it would just be very difficult. Um, right. but I, I still think of myself operating as an athlete, um, in a mm -hmm. creative, um, uh, but also applying what I learned from athletics to a creative kind of pursuit. And when I think, when I thought about, you know, asking you when you're in a creative rut, dually, it's almost like asking a, a basketball player, you know, a, sh a shooter like Steph Curry or something. How do you get out of a shooting slump? Right. And you're right. If right. you have, um, structure around you to where, 
well, if you know that if you're missing a couple shots, if you're not performing as well as you want to perform, these are the things you need to do to get yourself back on track, right? These are the things you can do systematically, whether it be in sports and basketball, maybe it's after practice shooting 100 free throws. Absolutely. Or whether it's, you know, if you're a soccer player and, you know, you're, you're just, you're kicking it and it's going over the goal every time if you're an attacker or something like that. And, and you just need to mm-hmm. get back to the field and practice 100 shots at the net, right? Like that kind of stuff. For creativity, it's about being in this flow state a lot of time, right? And you get it when you're in the shower, like you're just chilling in the shower, relaxing. You get it when you're walking, that mindlessness. And, um, yeah, I think I, I loved your answer for that because it's so true. If you can put yourself in position to have this, like, foundation to never really fall. Like, you'll have a foundation where you'll never really fall off a creative pedestal. You'll always be at some level, then you can always build up even higher and higher and higher. So I love it. I love what you said too, because I think that it's just like, I think people tend to be too precious and too mysterious about art and creativity. Like, because yeah, I, I just don't believe in having this mystique as an artist. I think it's like anything else you're, you might have some tendencies toward that when you're born or something because of the way your brain Mm -hmm. works. But like, if you don't develop them, you're just going to be an unrealized potential. And it's like anything else, you got to treat it like a job. You got to just like, and so I think that's beautiful that you had that more like down to earth approach when it comes to athletics, because nothing is more real and physical than athletics. And then you're able to bring that to art. I think that's amazing, man. And, and I know we're wrapping up, but I want to just like, I feel like it's been all about me and I just want to give you your flowers that you deserve because I just think that like, if you look at, go watch some of both of our TikToks, we dress nothing alike, you know, but like there was something that I recognized early on and it with like your style and your approach to things is that you also, you're just very unpretentious, which I think is great. Like, I just think that, you know, yeah, you're not trying to throw up all these smoke screens of like, I'm on this unattainable, mysterious level, you know, yeah. I think that's kind of cool to some degree. Like David Bowie was great because he had a mystique, mm. but like, I think that there's, you're going to reach so many people if you can be somebody who can just relate as a human. And I think you do that great. And I think that your personal style, like I said, is absolutely nothing like mine, but it's so cohesive. Thank you, man. Like, I feel like you're actually literally advancing the genre of like, I would call it like norm core, but not really yeah, like, yeah. Which like just having really quality, like kind of everyday pieces that are elevated or have a twist in a certain way. Like, I feel like you do that so Thank well you, and you're man. literally like at the forefront of that genre. So I feel like that's man. like a great contribution. And I just, I, that's what I respect when it comes to style, man, is like people who like, it's a journey to get there. I'm not saying you, everyone listening has to have their, their thing figured out now. It can take years, mm-hmm. but like aiming for that consistency where you're just like so in touch with what you want with what you like and you can you can go around and look at a wall of like 200 shoes and pick out the one pair that works best for you you know and i feel like you've got that you've put in the time and you've developed that eye for yourself thank you so much sebastian man it's sebastian paz man i appreciate you so much for coming on the show well hopefully we have an opportunity to meet in person at some point um absolutely man if you're ever in seattle hit me up well actually i might i might be moving to seattle so we'll we'll see oh wow maybe maybe maybe. we'll talk (laughs) Man, shout out to Sebastian for coming on to the show one more time. Another fantastic banger episode for season three. I'm absolutely loving these conversations and they seem to just get better week in and week out. I think after having this conversation with Sebastian, it confirmed some things that I already had thought about him. And those things were that he's such a genuine dude, first and foremost. Second, he creates content. He's a creative at heart because it's in his nature. 
And I knew that that was a part of his his like upbringing. I knew he had like a very deep creative background and he had that history within him. And it was curious to hear about his stories growing up and his, you know, younger adult days to where he is now. And, you know, I commend him wholeheartedly for going after trying to create content at scale and make it happen for himself. That's awesome. If you got anything specifically out of this episode, send me a DM on the Beyond the Garment podcast Instagram, and I would love to hear what you got out of it. If you enjoyed the episode, you can also leave a review and send that same feedback. I love you guys. I love you guys, man. I love you guys. I appreciate you dearly for listening to this episode, and uh, we'll see you next week, okay? Peace.